Welcome to the teaching ministry at Calvary PSL. Please join our care and missions pastor, Matt Missiano, for the message titled Season. Life can be amazing. It can be tough. You can find yourself depressed, anxious, happy, disappointed, encouraged, complete, empty, angry, joyful, jealous, and a plethora of other emotions, feelings, and thoughts. And so the reality is, is that seasons are all something that we go through. Now I want you to think about it for a minute, right? We have the spring, we have the summer, we have the fall, and we have the winter. Now, because we're from Florida, I need you all to use your imaginations because here in Florida, we know that we have hot, hotter, hottest, and three days of cold. So the seasons for us are, are, are a little different here. So I need you to imagine that we're in North Carolina for a moment, okay? And so uh, it's the spring when everything is so fresh and so pretty. Everything seems to be coming back to life. The snow is melted. The trees and the flowers are in bloom. The temperature is perfect. And then the summer comes, right? It's hot and sunny, still full of excitement, right? Picnics. It's every kid's celebration. Summer break. And then the fall is near and the leaves start to change color. The birds depart for a tropical place down south. And you begin to realize that the winter is around the corner. And finally, the winter is here. It's cold and gloomy, yet empty, but majestic. There seems to be no sign of life. The animals are all in hiding and nothing seems to be growing. Couldn't, couldn't we compare the seasons of nature to the seasons of life that we all go through? Our first point this morning is that if you and I are wise, by leaning into the Lord, for wisdom and strength, we can make it through all the different seasons that life brings. I wanna repeat that. If you and I are wise, by leaning into the Lord for wisdom and strength, we can make it through all the different seasons that life brings. And so I thought to myself as I was preparing, Lord, who in the Bible went through many seasons, right? And he's like, talk about David. And so just to be crystal clear, we do not have enough time to talk about all the seasons that David went through, but we are gonna cover four, okay? And so here we go. The first season, rejection. But a quick backstory, right? And so King Saul rejects the word of the Lord and the Lord rejects him from being king. Uh-oh, Good principle right there, right? Our first point, or our second point, don't reject the Lord. Don't reject the word of the Lord, and we can find that in the word of God. So 1 Samuel chapter 16, the first 13 verses summarized. So Saul's rejected, and the Lord tells the prophet Samuel to go to Jesse the Bethlehemite and anoint the next king of Israel. I love Samuel's first response. I can't do it, Lord. Saul will kill me. Interesting, the prophet's response to the Lord. But the Lord instructed him to follow his instruction, and so he obeys, and God's plan works. 
You know, this part right here just encouraged me in my humanity, just to be real. Samuel was real with the Lord. He shared his concern with the Lord and God provided a plan. You see how that works? Be real with the Lord. He already knows how we feel. He already understands our circumstance. So the story goes on and, and Jesse brings his sons in and Samuel sees Eliab, the first son, and immediately thinks it's him. Take a look at the screens and look what the Lord says. So the Lord says to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. There is a lesson in that. Don't look at the cover of a book and think you know what the book is all about. Read between the covers and then speak about the content. Now, now don't get me wrong. If you went to the library and you saw a book titled Oceans and the front cover was the ocean and the back cover was the ocean, it would make sense to think that the book is about oceans. But if you actually took that book off the shelf and began to read it, you would discover that it's actually about a boater who got lost at sea and his boat was transferred from different oceans. Do you understand the idea here? Don't look at the outward appearance and draw a conclusion about what it's about. Don't, don't do that. And, and I gotta ask, how's that going in your life with people? When you see that person that looks different or talks different or acts different, are you quick to go, uh-uh, not for me? You know, the Lord may use you if you took the time to read the content of that person's life to be a light, to plant a seed so that he could draw them into his relationship with them. God could draw them into that amazing relationship. They could have salvation. Don't read the cover of a book and just think, oh, no, I'm writing it off. Take the time to get to know somebody. So the story goes on, right? So Jesse brings the other sons in and they're all rejected one by one by one. And so Samuel's like, hey, you got any more sons? Jesse basically says, well, yeah. He's in the field tending the sheep. Ouch. I wonder how David felt knowing that he was the last one to be picked, that his earthly father had rejected him. You see, Jesse did not bring David to Samuel until Samuel asked if there were any other sons. That right there reminded me of uh, high school and middle school. And so, oh, sports day, I dreaded it, right? Because two captains get picked and they're like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm gonna pick you, I'm gonna pick you. So they're like, Billy, Bobby, Brenda, I'm over here stretching, please pick me, please pick me. And I'm the last one. You know what, as an adult looking back, I don't blame the captains, right? Because I wasn't very athletic when I was younger. But it didn't take away the fact that it still hurt. It hurt to be last. I wonder what David felt like. I wonder what he went through. He was the last one, but look what the Lord does. Take a look at the screens. And he sent and brought him in. Now this is David coming. Now he was ruddy, reddish hair, and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. 
The one rejected by his earthly father is the one accepted and selected by his heavenly father. You know, we can take away many things here from this season, the season of rejection. And again, we're looking at David's life to draw principles and some apply and some may not. But don't reject God's instruction. I think that's a very good general principle for every one of us. Read the Bible and apply it. And listen, if you've ever been rejected, maybe you've been rejected in this room by somebody and it hurt. It's okay. Look what God did for David. Sheep herder to king. Remain faithful in those moments where you've been rejected. And listen, maybe in this room today, maybe you're the rejecter. Bring it to the Lord. Ask him for forgiveness because God's grace is huge. But it's gotta be genuine repentance. So the season of rejection, maybe some of that applies for you. Uh, maybe it's for the shelf for later. I'm excited about this next season. And so after he's uh, anointed to be the next king, some things transpire in his life. And so uh, the season of facing giants David and Goliath, 1 Samuel chapter 17. This chapter, again, is, is very big. It's 58 verses, so I'm gonna summarize it for you. So basically, the Philistines were gathering for uh, battle with Saul and the men of Israel in the Valley of Elah. Now, uh, just a little side note. Thank you, Clark Zen, for taking this photo when we went to Israel. Uh, you can actually join Pastor Mike and I. We will take you right there to the Valley of Elah, uh, Israel 2021, more information to follow about our future trip. But this is where the battle was taking place. And so there's this giant named Goliath. And when I say giant, I mean nine foot nine. His armor weighed in at 125 pounds. Not only was he big, but he was strong. Could you imagine his grocery bill? That's a big boy. That's a big boy. Now here's this, this big man, this warrior, this champion. And Goliath calls out Saul and the men of Israel and basically says, come fight me. If you win, we will be your servant. And if we win, you will be our servant. Now take a look at the screen, follow along as I read. And so, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you're but a youth. And he's been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I love it. The story goes on. 
Saul basically gives David his armor. David's like, nope. He grabs five stones in his sling and he faces the giant. Take a look at the screen again. We're gonna read a few more verses. The Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. Another great response. He lets the giant know who's really in charge. He didn't back down because he got his strength from the Lord. And then he received the empowerment to stand his ground. You see, the strength comes from the Lord. Maybe in your life right now, you're facing a giant. Maybe you have a relationship challenge within your marriage. Maybe a fiance disagreement or boyfriend, girlfriend circumstance. Maybe you have a parenting issue. Maybe you have a child that just won't listen. Maybe you have a child that has drifted away and started to fall into the things of the world. Maybe you're a parent today and you have a prodigal. Maybe there's a family issue. We all know what happens when families blend, personalities uh, kind of clash sometimes. Maybe there's a family feud going on. You just don't know how to get around it. Maybe there's a work-related circumstance. You know, maybe there's a superior or a subordinate or a peer that there's just this conflict and you don't know how to get around it. Maybe a financial hardship. Maybe today you're going through some financial struggles or maybe you've got a medical concern. Maybe you're battling an addiction. Maybe you're battling with your identity. You may be looking at the giant in your life right now like the Israelites were looking at Goliath. They were running. They wouldn't want to face him. Listen, these giants in your life, be a David. Lean into the Lord and allow the Lord to fight for you and to provide for you. The third point this morning, if you look at the screens, maybe the Goliaths in your life were put there to bring out your inner David. Do you understand? David understood. He understood that the battle belongs to the Lord. And the season of facing giants is most certainly like the winter. You may feel alone and you may feel hopeless, but can I remind you that spring is around the corner, but you gotta be a David and you gotta let God fight that giant for you. But remember the response. He was bold. He did not back down and he believed and knew that God would do bigger than he ever thought and imagined.
Philippians 4.13 is a verse we all know. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where do you find your strength? In Christ. Now, folks, maybe right now you're like, Pastor Matt, you don't, you don't know about my giant. My giant's, oh, it's big. It's bigger than nine foot nine and 125 pounds. Can I just remind you of something? Is our God not bigger? You need to remind yourself of that. When you're facing these giants, these giants may be big, but they're not as big as our God. Nine foot nine, 125 pounds. David grabs the stone and I don't know what he was thinking, but he could have been like, the battle belongs to the Lord. Goliath goes down, done. You can tap into the strength of the Lord. You gotta lean into the Lord and he'll give you what you need. And so the season of facing giants, hey, listen, you have the Lord and the Lord is fighting for you. Lean into the Lord. So after this whole giant goes down, right? So the next season is the season of jealousy. First Samuel 18, so right after David defeats Goliath in the strength of the Lord. I gotta always remind us that. It's the strength of the Lord. They're coming home and the ladies are cheering. Take a look at the screen. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Now, uh, ladies, I'm gonna ask um, the 6 p.m. service. They did really well. And so hopefully we can do it really well. On three, ladies, if you could read, Saul has struck down his thousands. All right, one, two, three. Awesome job, thank you. And this is what Saul is hearing, and it raged him. It enraged him. He even threw his spirit, David. The scriptures tell us that David evaded twice. Saul knew that the Lord was with David, and the people loved him and his accomplishments, and that made Saul jealous. Now, here we go. Maybe you are jealous of someone else, what they have, what you may not have. Remember, don't look at somebody's Instagram or Facebook and draw the conclusion that that's reality. I'm not saying it's not in circumstances, but all those filters, all those things you can create, you can take a photo in front of every, anybody's home or vehicle and people will think it's yours. <laughs> you know, don't be jealous of other people. Don't be jealous of, of other people and, and what is happening in their life. Listen, maybe you're in the room today and someone's jealous of you. You know, I have learned that I am absolutely not the best guitar player. If anybody didn't know, I play guitar. Um, I am a skilled guitar player. However, uh, there's a lot more talented people out there than me. But just because somebody is better than me doesn't mean that I'm not good. Colossians 3.23, I love this verse. Whatever you do, do with your whole heart, right? So I'll read it this way. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward because you are serving the Lord Christ. Hey, listen, be the best you. Give it your all because you're doing it 
for Jesus. That verse is where I get the thought all for the Lord. Whatever you do, do it for the Lord. Be the best husband, be the best spouse, be the best parent, the best worker. You're doing it for the Lord. Give it your all. So remember, Saul kills his thousands. Is that not an accomplishment? That's great. David kills his ten thousands. That's also a great accomplishment. Jealousy has no place in the heart of a follower of Christ. Galatians 6, 4 through 5 maps it out. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. You see, Saul, Saul let his jealousy contribute to his actions. Don't look at others. Focus on your journey with Jesus and your service to the Lord. And if you really pause and stop and think, Saul was jealous of the work that the Lord was doing through David. We should be praising God when something good happens for someone else. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be frustrated. Praise God. God's doing something. In the life of someone else, it shouldn't be, when's my turn, Lord? Where's mine? Praise the Lord when he's blessing someone. Don't be jealous. Don't let jealous come out. Don't live in that season of jealousy, but instead display the fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, and self-control. But you know what? You can't display that if your number one priority is not your Jesus time. Your number one, my number one priority, let me just be honest, this hurricane prep, all the stuff that we did, it was hard. I had to push myself. All right, Lord, I gotta make time for you. I think the Lord woke me up one night. I didn't hear an audible voice or get an email or a text message from God, but I just sensed in my spirit, God's like, hey, you've been really busy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you love me enough to kind of say, get it together. We have to make our Jesus time our priority because if it isn't, then what comes out will not be the fruit of the spirit. It'll be something else. We have a responsibility to pursue God and let the fruit of the Spirit come out of us. So our last season is the season of waiting. We open the message with David being anointed the next king. That happened when he was 17. Fast forward to 30 when it actually happened. The period from 17 to 30 was no walk in the park. It wasn't an easy season. You see, Saul wanted David dead. Remember, he was jealous. So the, so the long season of waited, waiting, David spent hiding, fleeing from the pursuit of Saul. And God protected David along the way. So back to the story, like all of us, Saul had to go potty. Now, you could tell I'm a daddy because I use the word potty. So Saul picks this cave to, to, to relieve himself. And it just so happens to be the cave 
that David and his men are hiding. Right there. The person who's been chasing me down is right there. But instead, he runs up, cuts off a portion of his robe. Saul leaves the cave. David comes out. Hey, Saul. Waving the piece of his robe. Interesting. He didn't take matters into his own hands. Listen to what Saul says after David comes out after cutting his robe. He said to David, you're more righteous than I. For you have repaid me good where I have repaid you with evil. And you know what's interesting? You hear something like that and your heart's like, oh. But can we believe Saul? Nope. You wanna know why? Because the story goes on. It doesn't stop there. Saul continues to chase David and to seek him out. And David continues to flee. So David finds out where Saul is camped and manages to find the exact location where Saul is at. And so he's there. Saul is there. Saul's sound asleep. David comes up. He's this close to Saul's head. And instead of taking matters into his own hands, he grabbed a spear and a jar of water and leaves the camp. Comes back outside the camp and basically hollers at the army. Hey, look, look, you didn't take care of your king. I got his spear. I got his uh, jar of water. It's interesting He could have taken matters into his own hands twice, but instead he waited on the Lord and he trusted the Lord to fight his battles. There is a great truth and a great principle in this and I gotta tell you guys about it. We must absolutely forgive one another. That is the truth. We must absolutely forgive one another. But that doesn't mean that we have to do life with one another. God may call you to reconcile. He may call you to reconcile or he may call you just to pray for that person, forgive them and move forward. That's the principle. You gotta hear from the Lord on reconciliation or not. You know, it's interesting. Each time David let Saul know he could have harmed him, but instead he spared him. But you notice David goes on his way and Saul goes on his way. And no offense, but I don't feel that David did anything wrong. I mean, with Saul's track record, do you blame him for not saying, all right, Saul, let's go hang out? Hunting him down, throwing spears at him, wanting him dead? He could have taken matters into his own hands, but he said, the battle belongs to the Lord. I love that. I love that. You see, David wouldn't lay his hands on the Lord's anointed. He trusted that God would take care of him and David did not take matters into his own hands. Look at Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. David lived this out. So I'm gonna summarize this season of waiting. David trusted the Lord and relied on him time and time again. And we see God's hand over David. Uh-oh, if we, if we honor the Lord and obey him, God's gonna protect us. That's a good thing. Even though this period of his life was difficult. Do you think it was fun? Fleeing for your life? For all that time, knowing that you're the next anointed king of Israel? David eventually becomes the king in his 30s after his long and difficult season of waiting. Listen, what are you currently waiting for right now in your season of life? Remember, Pastor Mike shared his testimony. He knew he was called to ministry and then he was faithful at Costco. 
until God called him into full-time ministry. What would have happened if Pastor Mike took matters into his own hands? Said, forget this, I'm out. Praise God he didn't do that because we have a great lead pastor as a result of his obedience. (laughs) Praise God, thank you, Lord, for that. And if Pastor Mike would have been like, I'm done, I'm not doing this, we, we wouldn't be at church today. See what happens when we obey? God, God blesses that. God blesses that because obedience is key. Maybe you're waiting for that new job or that promotion or that pay raise or just to be acknowledged for your efforts. Maybe you're waiting for a baby to come into your life. Maybe you have to foster or adopt and you're waiting for that process. Maybe you're waiting to receive the news about your medical condition. Maybe you're waiting to meet the love of your life. Maybe you're waiting for a breakthrough in something you're battling with in your life. Folks, we all go through seasons. We all go through different times and we're not all on the same track. Minus the fact that if we seek the Lord, we are grafted in and we can trust that God will fight for us. But some person to your left, like the Bahamas, they're going through a really tough season. We're over here in the season of, oh man, praise God, you spared us. You don't know what's going on in other people's lives. Don't judge the book by its cover. Get to know the content. And I wanna say this real quick. I wanna share two seasons. I got many crazy seasons, but I got two seasons I wanna share with you. In the last six years after I surrendered my life to Christ, I waited for years, my season of waiting for financial freedom. I racked up a large sum of debt. And after three years of discipline, Pastor Lee Holly is very gifted in many things and one of uh, the things that God used him to bless me with was wisdom in Financial Peace University. And after three years of discipline, my wife and I are now 100% unsecured, debt-free. Praise God. But folks, it was tough and hard, but God gave me the strength to get through it. There were things we had to say no to, but it feels so good to be free from that. It's worth it. Push, fight, trust the Lord. And then maybe many of you uh, know some of my story. If not, um, just a quick, quick thing before I rededicated my life. Uh, my marriage dissolved. My um, uh, ex-wife moved to Colorado with my daughter. And my daughter was basically being raised in Colorado. And I'm here in Florida. And, oh, it's awful. It was so hard, so hard flying to Colorado over the summers to get her. And I finally surrendered and said, you know what, God? I'm gonna trust you. And you know what the Lord did? He brought my daughter back to Florida. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, I'm not boasting. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna brag on how big our God is and how good he is. Not only that, but my daughter's mother attends this church and she serves in Calvary Kids. And we have a great co-parenting friendship My wife and I and my daughter's mother, Heather, have a great relationship. As a matter of fact, we even watch her son. We babysit little Timmy, he's so cute. We love him. Can't God take something broken and make it beautiful? Listen, God can do great things when you let him. I have learned in a lot of those seasons, but I gotta be honest with you, church fam, 
I got a lot to learn still. We're in this together. But what I do know is this, hang in there. Look at Galatians 6, 9 and apply it. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Uh, weary, uh, synonyms, tired, worn out, spent. Let us not get spent of doing good. Let us not get worn out of doing good. For in due season, the three years of waiting for financial freedom was tough. Don't give up. Battling addictions or, or battling whatever you're going through, don't give up. Lean into the Lord. I'm not sure what season of life you're in today. And maybe a few things hit home for you. Maybe you've been rejected or maybe you're the rejecter. Maybe you've been running from your giant. Maybe you need to trust the Lord to fight for you and face that giant. Maybe you're jealous of someone or maybe someone is jealous of you. Maybe you've been waiting for a long time for that event to take place in your life. I have great news. You don't have to go through these seasons alone. You see, the hard seasons that I went through in my life in the last six years, I went through with my Calvary group. We locked arms and God worked through the group and it changed my life. I'm just telling you what God did and it can change your life too. Love you guys. Pastor Mike Lawrence, come on out.